not been with us, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount. You can turn your Bibles to Matthew 5. Last week we talked about divorce. And this week we talk about oaths. So George, what do we know about oaths, my friend? <clears throat> so, um, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, very practical teaching, and this is a very practical discussion we're going to have today. Um, so let's read what Jesus says, and then we'll talk about our ideas about the, the, what I feel like in the Sermon on the Mount we do a lot is we read what Jesus says, and then we say, all right, can we really do this or not? Um, and there's all these reasons why we, we come up with things of like, well, surely he's uh, exaggerating. or So uh, we tend to qualify and it's just going to be interesting to unpack today how we actually try to embody what Jesus is teaching here. So, he says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. And so this is coming from the Old Testament. Um, not exactly one passage says that, but there are passages that talk about if you make an oath, um, make sure that you fulfill that, or if you make a vow, Make sure that, you know, do not make a vow haphazardly or without thinking. But if you make a vow, make sure that you fulfill that vow. Or if you swear an oath, make sure that you... And, of course, that's important in societies where um, there's crime or whatever, and then you have to trust the other eyewitnesses. That, so, you, you know, if you lie about what somebody... You can set somebody up. What do we call it? Frame. You can frame the other. Um, if you don't tell the truth. So, a lot of things going on in the Old Testament about that. So Jesus says, You have heard that was said, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So there were apparently different levels of oaths you could make. So if you swear by heaven, okay, well, that's, that's serious. Or I could swear by the earth or by Jerusalem um, or by my head. So there, there were ways to qualify what you're about to say how strong of a truth statement you're making or what level, so you kind of you can qualify what you're about to say uh, to let the hearers know whether you, whether to know if you're telling the truth or not. And Jesus says, just say yes or no. Don't swear no at all. Okay? Uh, and let's read the message and then I'll take any questions that you might have. Don't say anything you don't mean. This is uh, Eugene Peterson's translation where she's trying to, to put these words in the way that we would say it today. This council is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. <coughs> you don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Okay, uh, not a, not a direct translation, right? That's uh, he's trying to 
so say, here's how Jesus might say this talking in our language today. Um, and Eugene Peterson was, I want to say, scholar, a scholar, knows Greek very well. I mean, not, don't just say, oh, that's nothing, you know. He's thinking through what he actually thinks it means and trying to say it like he would say it. Um, any questions that you have before we move on about anything in that um, passage? Well, the one thing I, I said that was really interesting about uh, this passage is that, you know, last week we talked about divorce and that passage of divorce. And in our church, in a lot of, in a lot of our churches, we definitely have experienced people who have been outcast, picked out, thrown out of the church based upon the text and what it reads when it comes to divorce. So see, this is what Jesus said. You didn't do that, so you're out of here. Yet, we come to this passage, and no one, I rarely have heard, if ever, anyone being tossed out of a church for keeping an oath, for breaking a promise, for not just simply saying yes or no. So it's interesting how we have, literally have two back-to-back passages that show how much we pick and choose, how seriously we take the words of Jesus, which is just pretty comical in my mind. It's like, so we've got this one passage where it's like, look, divorce, no, no go. Here, it's like, yes or no. If we got kicked out for saying maybes, this would be an empty place. <laughs> this would be a real empty place. So we're going to move in a certain direction, but before we move in that direction, I want to bring up um, and see if there's any questions about this other direction, which is there. I think there are some Christian groups that teach that, for example, if you were to go to a court and have to swear, I think you still swear on a Bible. Yeah, is that right? Do we have any law, law justice society or lawyers? I'm, pretty, I'm not, but I'm pretty sure you can request to swear or something. You can, but you do have to swear. You have to swear, but on you can request that it can be like a Lord of the Rings. Law or whatever. A lot of people swear in the Constitution. Constitution. So, my, one issue that is raised, and um, does this would this apply to Christians? Where if you were asked to swear, you would you would say, "Well, I'm just going to tell the truth because that's that's what I do. That's what I do." Jesus says. Not allowed to take an oath, or um, and and would a court allow somebody not to take an oath? Does anybody know? I mean, admit this all law and order. Anybody fans? Uh, <laughs> um, there has been an episode you got along. <laughs> uh, my guess is that you know if you don't swear the oath, you don't testify. But, but then I, that makes me think of what is it about our culture that we don't trust what you say unless in a court of law unless you swear on the Bible or the Constitution. And I have heard, I have seen it on television shows where they say, you know, remind, the lawyer will say, remember you're under oath when they ask the question as a reminder that Okay, this isn't just normal conversation. This the stakes are higher here if you do not tell the truth. 
And one of the commentaries I read by Scott, it was by Scott McKnight, he suggested, which surprised me, that Christians should not, that Jesus is actually talking about that particular situation where in public, in a public situation, uh, the culture is to say, if I don't say an oath, then I don't have to tell the truth. Or if I do say an oath, then I have to tell the truth. And that makes a difference. And he's saying followers of Jesus should live lives and reflect to the culture. Oath taken is not a necessary thing. Um, my, my general thought, and like I said, we do this with a lot of things in the Sermon on the Mount, is Jesus is being hyperbolic or exaggerating and that maybe it's okay to give like your call to a court of law or whatever take an oath as a Christian because it's kind of a something you have to do to participate in the system but I don't know any, any thoughts on that particular application before we get to a more general application it's kind of funny that like what they're being asked to swear on, like it's telling them not to swear. That's right. <laughs> swear on this Bible, which says don't swear. Uh, stack of Bibles. George, so the top part talks about don't swear because you can't control anything. What does that have to do with taking an oath? You because cannot make. Don't, it's not. It's heaven. It's you know, don't throw on. Mm-hmm. Don't swear on heaven. Don't swear on. on earth, don't swear on Jerusalem, don't swear on your own head even because you can't even make your hair turn different colors, so why, you don't do it but I mean, what does that have to do is it saying you're being, taking something in vain, I don't really understand because the bottom part doesn't even mention that that's most yeah, of the right. top yeah. chapter that top verses, it's not even yeah. mentioned in the bottom at all so I don't really understand <coughs> what that means I think it is the idea that there are different levels of swearing. So what we're going to talk about is what words do we preface what, we, what we're about to say to let people know that what we're saying is really the truth. So there were a variety of things you could say in Jesus' world, whether you swear by heaven or, or by your, your hair on your head or something. Um, and Jesus is saying, look, um, using that to justify or to prove your words um, means that your general lifestyle is one where you don't tell the truth. And I and I did read some about what you were just describing, which is like taking the words in vain. Like one, yeah, I wasn't sure one, one commentary I read was saying like, like yeah that's what often kind of comes to mind is like this idea of taking the words in vain. Because in the, in the strong speech, you've heard people say, well, I swear to God. And it's like that's one of the, the, probably the most common of the ones that we really think about this, is people who say those things. You know, well, as God is my witness, you know, that kind of thing. I swear on my mother's grave is our, that's, that's you know somebody's telling me, right. I swear on my mother's grave. Right. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Yeah. I have a quick question. So, it sounds like you're placing all of this in the context just of um, kind of saying what I'm saying is true in conversation. 
does any of this apply to a vow you would take to say, um, God, I'm going to make a vow before you to, um, you know, like, like Hannah did, give Samuel back to God, or to fast for a certain amount of time? And if so, how does how do those vows and those errors that we serve before God, like during Lent or another time, impact what this means? I, I, my, I haven't thought about that a lot, but I think. Um, I guess I'm, it would be just do what you say you're going to do. Um, and do you have to make a vow to do it, or do you just say, I'm going to do this and then do it and follow through? Uh, but it, it, I mean, the Old Testament, the, the what we have heard before is don't make a rash vow. So if you're going to make a vow to do something, don't, don't do that without thinking. If you do make a vow, even if the vow becomes uncomfortable or inconvenient, you still need to do it. So it would be... But I think what Jesus is saying is do the right thing even without the vow or something. Yeah, that's a different nuance to it. Yeah. So if you're supposed to do something like without a vow, what about like wedding vows? So, yeah. Does that fall into this category? Well... You're saying I promise. You're, you're promising to do something. I think Jesus is saying if you promise to do something, but I don't think he's. I don't think he means don't make a vow. I mean, if you do, like wedding vows, you don't swear by. On Bible. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say like when I thought of that, it's like. Um, I mean, all vows are different in weddings, but a lot of times it's like, do you do you promise to like do this, this, and this, and you just say yes. So, like in verse 37, she's saying, All you need to say is yes. You don't need to say, Yes, I promise to do that. Like, I'm on my mother's grave. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think an important side of this that wasn't really talked about very often is that, yeah, we, sh- we shouldn't be making vows or part of like swearing on a Bible or something, but we also need to trust each other enough as a community to not push each other into feeling like we have to make a vow. Because a lot of times when I hear people say, like, I swore on my brother's grave, yeah. um, like you're having a conversation and one person like obviously does not believe what you're saying, and right. so then you have to come forward with yeah. swearing on your brother's grave. <laughs> so. Well, it happens in parenting a lot. You know. Did you go to the party? Yeah. I swear, I do I promise. I, you know, how can I, how can I make you believe? <coughs> and um, I know as a parent, the more the person you're talking to swears, the less I believe. <laughs> it's like, you're having to swear by a lot of things. I mean, you know, why, why are you having to go to these lengths to make me believe that you're telling the truth? Well, and, and I love this quote I was reading that says, like, in the world of oaths, swearing is founded in mistrust. Uh, and lack of relationship. Yeah. I think that was really, and that's what it's what you're saying. It's like there's, it's in some ways founded in this idea of mistrust and a lack of relationship. That I have to say it over. I have to mm-hmm. make such a strong, yeah, use such strong words. <laughs> and that that says something to the culture that Jesus trying to build around. You know, Jesus followers. 
a culture where you tell the truth. So you don't have to go to that point. Yeah. Do you think that the verse can be a, because oftentimes it's used as like a full-on prohibition against lying, mm -hmm. and it's like lying in any situation, which is like wrong in all circumstances. But then like, it seems that the text is talking more about like saying you're going to do a specific thing that we're talking about here, of like, oh, I promise I'm going to do this thing and following through and not necessarily well, like yeah. a general, because it, yeah. it like too like when in the Old Testament we're talking about uh, like bearing false witness against your neighbor, like it seems to talk about more like from a, a communal right, like court system practice, because mm -hmm. like in Exodus the, uh, I guess like the servants, uh, for Pharaoh when Pharaoh's like, oh, like, like kill all the, the firstborn like, because they don't do it and they lie about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like this like line in the place of like, justice. And so like, with this passage, can that work as a full prohibition against lying? Or like, can you can't make that jump? Well, the application on the next slide is going to be more about truth telling in general. But I think that's a good... I think the immediate takeaway from this verse is the yes or no, if you, if you say you're going to do something or you're not going to do something. So I guess we'd have to think, can we then take that and apply it to this being truthful? And then I do want us to talk about why is lying wrong? And is there, are there times to lie? I think that's So I think I'm going to make that move uh, with your comment in mind that it definitely applies to when you say you're going to do something, but maybe we can also apply to just lying in general about whether you did saying, did you do this or not? No, I didn't do it, or yes, I did. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so... Um, <coughs> Here's some things, and we can. I'm going to have you guys talk with each other about some of these things. One of the statements we use as a preface to let people know we're telling the truth. So, you know, no, no joke, no lie. I, I just put a few examples. Um, literally, I, mean, I, I know we use that. Literally, we use that not literally now. That word is done. Literally, cross my heart hope to die with one we used to do. Um, um, <coughs> Randy Harrison, his commentary mentions the the old, you know, you know, if you're doing this, you can say something. And, oh yeah, that's um, right. But he says, when you're past 18 years old, this you no longer works. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So, and I, and this is an interesting conversation to me, and I hope it is. To, hope it turns out to be all. But what, what does make lying wrong? And, um, but surely it's okay to cheat lie sometimes. Um, you know, in the field of education, this, the cheating thing is talked about quite a bit. And then, you know, the, the stats on cheating is, percentages are pretty high. Uh, Randy Harris has an example in his book, which I've heard him give several times, and I'll try to replicate it. It's just because I think it makes a pretty good point. But let's say you're getting ready to graduate um, with your bachelor's in accounting, and you actually already have a job that's going to pay you 
starting salary of $75,000 a year. Um, lined up. The registrar calls you and says, you know, you didn't take a literature class that you need to take. And so you're like, okay, well, can I take it this summer? They're like, yeah, take it over the summer. So you're like, okay, I'll take it. And the only one is like early American literature. So you take it. And you do the first, you read the Scarlet Letter, um, which Randy Harris says is has an interesting premise because it's about sex, which makes it sound exciting, but it's really boring. <laughs> uh, I don't know how do you make that boring? Um, and you read Emily Dickinson, you know, and you're, you're but the last assignment is to read Moby Dick, the whole book from Moby Dick, which is a lot about whaling, and you're from Kansas. So, uh, um, a lot of details about whaling. So you're like, on this one, I'm going to read the Cliff Notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, um, So, and you watch both movies with Gregory Peck and uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, Captain A. Adams. And then you go into the final exam, and you have to pass the final exam to pass the class. Um, and the question is one, there's only one question on the final exam. Oh, no. Oh, no. I read Moby Dick. True or false? True. 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 You circle true when you go to work the next day. Lee Camp loves that question. It's got to be he says, uh, Randy Harris says, my students who don't think theologically have all become theologians at this point and say, you know, God is timeless. And so if I say I read it now, then I can go read it in the future. <laughs> um, but, okay, why, so, what, what are the reasons we could legitimately give for, for putting true on that text? You read parts of it, you read the story. You read parts of it, you read, or you read the cliff notes, you know the story. It's an unfair question. I mean, that's my, that's unfair. That's an unfair question. I'm not going to... If you read it, it's an unfair question. It's just an unfair question. What kind of teacher puts that as a question? I mean, that's just a lousy question. I'm, I'm not going to give up my $75,000 job for that question. Right. So there's all these, we immediately go to all these reasons for why we would answer true, even if it's not true. So, why is lying and cheating wrong? And, and the point is, if you do this cost-benefit analysis of when I'm going to tell the truth and when I'm not going to tell the truth, you, you will probably end up Justifying lots of terrible things. This is, this is how people justify doing terrible things. Um, it's because they do the cost benefit analysis. So if you decide, I'm going to be a type of person that just takes the lumps and tells the truth no matter what the stakes, that's kind of what Jesus is saying. Now, why is that, you know? best way to be. Um, why is that the best way to be your life? And I mean I can I'm thinking of all the reasons why 
we don't tell the truth or why we cheat. And it, it really comes because we want to avoid the consequences of being honest. And what happens to us when we avoid those? <coughs> how does that influence our lives? Right? Okay, so I want to give you some time to talk with each other about this. Um, why is it wrong to lie? Um, the Moby Dick question, whatever, whatever part of that you want to talk about. But take a few minutes to talk on, on yourselves and we'll come back together. I feel Okay, um, let's come together. Uh, we got about five or ten minutes to figure this out and to challenge each other to uh, be honest. But, um, yeah, what, what do we have? Um, we were talking about how um, we've heard stories like school shootings. When teachers say, like, oh, the kids are in the gym, when they're actually, like, yeah. hiding in the classroom. Yeah. So there are, I think we might be able to agree, and I guess in ethical theory, well, the, the basic ethical theory is this, you cannot develop your ethics based on unusual situations. Right. That's that's a bad way to, to make ethical decisions is to, to okay. use an extreme situation. Um, has anybody ever read The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Cool book where they're hiding Jews, you know, from the Nazis. And um, Corey Ten Boom decided, now she had a lot of sisters and brothers, but she decided for herself she would not lie. And one time her brother was hiding in a, in like a trap door thing that had underneath their kitchen table. The Nazis come in because they wanted to take all the young boys back to Germany to, to work in munitions plants. And her brother's hiding there, and the Nazis come in and they say, where's your brother? She said, he's under the kitchen table. And uh, somebody laughed, like somebody kind of giggled, and so the Nazis thought they were just making, she was making fun of them, and so they left without looking. And she, she gave that as a testimony to say, if you tell the truth, you have to believe that God is going to honor that, and maybe... Now, when they brought her brother out of the trap door, he was furious, right? What are you doing? Why didn't you tell them that? So there was a difference of opinion in her family, and some of the family members said it's okay to lie too. And and so all the justifications are some people forfeit their right to the truth if they're going to use the truth to do harm. And and so yeah, I, I think bringing up those types of situations is, is the first place we go. But then the but so. Even if you say it's okay to lie to the Nazis about the Jews in your house or whatever, um, that doesn't mean that. What I mean, we still have to face the fact that we tend to lie when the stakes are are lower than that. Um, and so we we can't use that to get ourselves off the hook. But yeah, I think there there may be occasions. And here's another situation. So there are levels. Of, so if somebody. Uh, let's say I have $100 in my front pocket and I have a wallet that has $5 in it. And somebody comes up and points a gun at me and says, uh, give me your wallet. I'm like, okay, here you go. And uh, they're like, was that all your money? Well, no, I got $100. <laughs> I have to tell the truth about that. And then they're going to shoot me anyway, so I run away and um, dodge, fake going right and go left. Is that the line? <laughs> 
know, there's all these ways you can go down this when is it wrong to lie? Uh, this faking a bomb and then, or faking a short pass and then going long. Is that a lie? That's a lie. Okay. Anyway, uh, so good question, but I I don't want us to avoid thinking also about just the day-to-day -day things that we're part of. Okay. Um, comments on this side. We talked about like how sometimes the difference between lying and telling the truth is so like extreme when we think about situations like this. Like if you're out shopping with someone and they try something on and they don't look good in it, and they ask how do I look, you don't necessarily say like or like you would lie and say you look great, or you the immediate jump to is like no, like you look awful. Like take that off and don't buy it. Yeah. Like there's never any like you know like well I don't like looking that like but if you feel confident great like go for it like I feel like we always like make it so extreme and like bring it to opposite ends of the spectrum and then we also talk a little bit about is like excluding the truth a lie like if you're in that situation where the robber like he takes your wallet like do you have to tell him about the extra money like is <laughs> and like if he doesn't ask and you don't tell, is that still considered violence? Yeah. Um, sometimes there can be conflicting virtues. So one virtue is tell the truth. Another virtue is don't hurt somebody's feelings. That's right. And sometimes those we have we all have in ethical decisions have to kind of make relative decisions about them. Virtues or saving lives, telling the truth. We have to. Well, yeah, there's a difference in like telling the truth and being mean. Right. Like that's there's a giant. Like I can, I can still tell the truth and say, I don't. That may not be the best look for you. Versus like you look horrible. <laughs> Why would you ever? I was like, for me, I look at that. I don't know if that's the best look. I don't think that may be the best look for you. Maybe let's try something else. That's a nicer way to tell someone that it doesn't, that that's not the right look. But we all, we all think it's like, oh, if I got to tell the truth, I got to be like mean about the truth. You don't have to be mean about telling the truth. But yeah, that's a very good example. Okay, a few more comments. Let's go on this side. What time is Yeah. I just, uh, I had a friend share their story with me about this but it came after their recovery process. So they've been recovered for a number of years from substances, and they had to go through and start filling out job applications. And it's like, have you ever been, there's like some that have you ever been convicted of a felony or misdemeanor? And they were like, I haven't been convicted, you know? Uh, and so they started, they caught themselves trying to play this like, I haven't been convicted, but I haven't been charged. And finally they got to this one application that they kept like not completing and finally they just decided to say like no but here's what yeah. is part of my story here's part of what you should know about me is that I've been in recovery this has been part of my past and they said like at that point they had to recognize that it was more important for them to be honest and not have to <coughs> hide or have that lingering for them as opposed to the, uh, the, 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 the opposite and they didn't need the job but they said, like, I, I recognize I could put that down for some jobs and they weren't going to hire me. But what was more important is that I was able to be 
to be honest with myself and with them and have integrity in that process. So like owning the fact that I can be honest and that there may, out of that may come a result that I don't I think that's why telling telling the truth is an important virtue, is because it allows us to be ourselves and it allows other people to make good decisions based on what we're telling them. Uh, and we have to trust if we believe in Jesus and God that God is going to honor our truth telling. And and I mean we want our lives to have integrity and we want our lives to be real and so if we're always being fake and always lying and cheating you're cheating yourself right that's what teachers say you're cheating yourself out of this education uh, i know that you're like i'll, I'll do that <laughs> this is you know this is bible it's required i don't it's not going to affect my major so anyway. um, i do and i know we're out of time but but I think we, we live in a culture where it is just okay and almost expected to not be, to not tell the truth. I mean, it's, get it in writing, you know, you gotta get it in writing because if it's just verbal, people are, it's not gonna matter. And, and think about ways that you, and I, I'm thinking about ways that I contribute to that through my own lack of telling the truth, you know. When it comes tax time, I'm really tempted to save some money um, by not reporting things. Um, it's a temptation. Um, and so we just have to be honest about those tools uh, and why is it important to be honest. Um, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, and, and I think there's something to be said for if you're in community and relationship with people, and they're not quick to trust your yes or your no, and you have to say these extra words, that's more about, have I been untruthful often enough to where they can't simply trust my yes or my no? Like that's, a, I feel like that's a, some internalness that, now granted, that person can have some people in their lives that often have lied to them, and that's something that they're dealing with, but it is something for us to consider, like, am I being am I being simply truthful when I can be simply truthful? And it is the work of discerning on the go. Like that's a part of what we do, is we have to be able to discern exactly how we ought to be like living this life. Because there are scenarios where simply saying yes or no may not be the most appropriate approach, but the only one that's going to call us on that is like that's something that we have to struggle and deal with. And and uh, I don't know. I think that there's something to this that we kind of skim over. And I think you're exactly right that we do. We have, we're now being in a culture of where not being truthful, not being direct in a kind way is not is not how we live. We, we, we maybe need to get back a little bit to some of that. All right. Thanks a lot for your participation. You don't have to get them because there's kids outside waiting to get to them. You've been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.